Marvelites. You're listening to a very special This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan, a.k.a. Agent M. And I am C.B. Sobolski, your editor-in-chief. Uh, first things first, I wanted to just check in with you because it was about two years ago, yep. when little over two years ago, when you started as Marvel Comics editor-in-chief. How has year two differed for you from year one? Wow, time flies, huh? Right? Not just two years for me, but it's 20 years since Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel old. <laughs> you know, it's it's been interesting. There, there's definitely a, a difference that I could feel between the first year and the second year. And I think that's new to any job that anyone comes into, you know? The first year for me was really getting my feet under myself, kind of, you know, working with the team, getting to know everybody, getting to know what I wanted out of the Marvel line and what they wanted out of the Marvel line and figuring out how we were going to work together to make those goals achievable, which I think we did in in spades. And it was kind of picking up the slack for a lot of projects that were already going on from, you know, what was what had come before and then working with the team to really build the vision for the Marvel line going forward. So, for, for example, you know, when I came on War of the Realms, was already in development. So that was something that I came in and had to work with Tom Brevoort and Alana Smith and everyone at Will Moss and and Shepard through, but it was something that we didn't feel like we were building from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that you've really seen over the last year, that was where we're showing what we as a team, with me as the editor-in-chief, where we're going and where we're going to be taking things. You know, Not that I'm not proud of everything that we've done, because I've always sure. been a part of Marvel even for everything. Oh my gosh, yeah. But, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, bringing back other characters, bringing in new talent, where the first year was kind of a road test, the the car that was already there. Now I'm, I'm in the driver's seat of the new vehicle and we're really moving forward. Yeah, really letting it loose, going out go. there, having some fun. Yep. I wanted to talk about some of my favorite projects of the year and any of your thoughts about them as we go through. There's always something fun that you we'll get into about a different project. There's always something that makes it cool. And and often my favorite list just explodes by the end of the year. There's so many things that I'm just like, man, that was really freaking good. And it's just so much. There is so much. And, you know, it's just our job is to read almost every Marvel comic that comes out. And how lucky are we? But the sheer volume of some of this stuff (laughs) is incredible to keep up with. And I mean, in a good way, there's so many choices on the stands now for fans, so many different books, so many different genres, so many different characters. You know, Marvel really is making comics for everyone again. Obviously, you already mentioned it, uh, War of the Realms. And of course, King Thor number four, Jason's final issue of Thor. I, I got choked up. Such a, a moving story, and it, everybody stuck the landing so, so well. They did, and it was just so wonderful that, you know, Jason and Will were able to get all the previous collaborators to come in and contribute to that issue on top of what Jason and Essa did, bring in some new new creators as well to kind of bring their vision to Jason's run on Thor as kind of an homage to his, you know, almost, you know, his his legacy now on that book. And there's even that great variant cover of Jason surrounded by the, the cast of Thor that Mike Del Mundo did that was really, really touching. Yeah, it's really good. Um, House of X, Powers of Ten, and now Dawn of X. Yep. You as an X-Men, you know, longtime fan, I've got to be just over the moon for this. Yeah, you know, this was was something that, you know, we'd been cooking up for a while. And the fact that it came out, the fact that it was as good as it was, and the fact that the fans loved it, and they finally have the X-Men back in a state that they want them in and are reading. And the amount of new readers that House of X and Powers of Ten and Dawn of X is able to bring in has been something that's been just so personally rewarding for me and Jonathan as well, because it was an easy entry point with this amazing 
cast of Merry Mutants. You yeah. know? One of the things I love about all of it now, especially in Dawn of X, we're starting to see new books come out. Like, we're not pulling punches and nobody is safe. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of always people ask about, you know, what's the magic of Marvel? What does Marvel have that other, you know, uh, superhero companies don't? And I said, the magic of Marvel is that we don't consider ourselves a superhero company. We're telling stories with superheroes as a characters in every genre. And I think the current Dawn of X lineup really, you know, exemplifies that perfectly because you have X-Men, which is kind of the flagship book. It is a superhero team book. But then you look at something like Marauders and it's a pirate story in many ways. You look at Excalibur and that is just a fantasy story. So they're superheroes, yes. They're the X-Men, yes. But we're telling five, six and coming up a few more distinct stories in genres that people who might not like superheroes might enjoy if they come in and realize that those characters are characters that they really can enjoy in those settings. Yeah, that's part of the greatness of the X-Men. There's, they, they can be anything. Um, but there's also in the Spider-Man family of books mm-hmm. has been so tremendous, whether it's Spider-Man Life Story, which walloped me. I, I knew it was going to be cool because Chip is great, but... Wow. And and, and Mark, Mark Bagley, somehow bettering himself as he's been 30 plus years in the business? Yeah. I don't understand. And, you know, Mark had made the joke at one point, too, because in uh, Life Story, not not to spoil it for anybody, you know, the the story is that Spider-Man ages in real time and each issue is a decade of his life. But, you know, Mark has been in this industry so long, he made the joke that, you know, I'm aging. Spider-Man's now aging just like I aged (laughs) in my personal life. But... Just the way that Chip went back and researched the story and kind of how the time period, you didn't see just Peter Parker and those around him age, but it coincided to the different decades in Spider-Man's life with the characters and the casts was just fantastic. I mean, even, you know, in, in the end where kind of Miles comes yeah. out too, just oh. like, oh, he, he put it in, you know, and got, even got Miles in there. That's you know? so good. And then you have the Venom books. You mentioned Absolute Carnage yeah. and every, all the stuff that Donnie and Ryan and, and Devin and, and Danny and everybody who are putting together that side of the books. It's just like, wow, wow. Yeah, and that, that was one, you know, we, we've talked about Venom a number of times on here. And just, you know, Donnie is such a writer that packs a punch in, in, in every page with his words and the way that he guides his artists through the stories. You know, he had made his mark on Venom very early and said he was going to keep going. And he hasn't taken his foot off the gas. I mean, that's just been going. And, you know, the, the Venom book has been redefining what Eddie Brock and the symbiote, who they are and what their relationship is. And then going into absolute carnage. I mean, my God. <laughs> yes. Wow. You know, we mentioned Donnie. One thing I wanted to also mention is there's a treasury edition of Silver Surfer Black by Donnie and Trad Moore and Dave Stewart. And it's beautiful. Like, that's another thing that I really enjoy seeing. We we hadn't had those large format reprints to celebrate the beauty of our books as often. And I think there's another one coming for History of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, that's correct. That's another just cool aspect that I see you putting forth. That's, you know, David Gabriel, our director of sales, and Jeff Youngquist, who heads up our trade paperback collection, uh, really drive the bus on that stuff. And, you know, that was like every now and then you get those books, you know, and all comics are art, don't get me wrong. And I love every single comic that we publish and all the artists that we do. But every now and then a special project comes along, like, wow, we should do something different to celebrate this. And, yeah, really what Donnie and Trad and Dave did in creating Silver Surfer was special. And it got so much buzz outside it that they said that that book, along with what, you know, Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez did on 
uh, history of the uh, Marvel Universe really deserve a, a spotlight. So, you know, and, and they went back and found that format. It just fits so well at the size. It it's really spotlights the art in ways that you can't get in, in other trade paperback formats. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're beautiful and gorgeous stuff. As I was looking through the books, and there's a million books for us that we could talk about, I had to double check to make sure Captain Marvel launched in 2019, which to me, I was like surprised because it feels like this run by Kelly Thompson, Carmen Canero, and 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 now and many others. It feels like she's been on this book and, and establishing this voice for Carol for so long. But we've just gotten Star recently, this yep. this breakout character. We've had the dark Captain Marvel story that we're mm-hmm. going through, and that's been, I'm sure, tons of fun for you and the team. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Kelly working with her editor Sarah Brunstad had this really planned out so well. The way that they wanted to introduce Carol in the Marvel Universe, introduce her cast of characters, the supporting characters, turn her life upside down, and take Carol in a completely different direction that we've seen before. Carol sees herself as the premier hero in the Marvel Universe, which she's always aspired to be. And when someone like that, who's built their whole life wanting to be the best, starts having self-doubt, where does that take you? Take her as a character? And I think it's it's it really is a really Marvel feeling story because, you know, it's a story about Carol Danvers first and what it's like to be human. And Kelly's been doing such a good job of telling Carol's story and getting a glimpse of her humanity, but also the hero that is inside that she knows she has to get back and fight for. Yeah. Another great book. Last one I want to talk about for this section, Black Cat, because that one, you know, I love the team who's working on that. Jed McKay, who I think is super great, but kind of a madman in the stories he tells and then you pair him with travel foreman and just like i think that was a book that no one knew what to expect and it's just one of those books that you know we've become so good at defying expectations and giving people something that they didn't know they wanted yeah and that's what some of the best marvel stories were it's it's the love and the buzz comes from the unexpected. Have it been, you know, Immortal Hulk or that Captain Marvel Last Avengers story you just talked about. But Black Cat was another one where we knew people were in for something special. And we're glad that our belief in the book and that creative team paid off uh, when fans started reading it and the love that the book is still being given. You know, especially this year, we've seen a lot of great voices really shine. Uh, Teeny Howard, Vida Ayala, Chip, who has been with Marvel for years, but it felt like this was... Uh, a spotlight year for Chip, in, you know, with Daredevil, with Spider-Man, with, you know, all his other projects. Jed McKay, who we just talked about, Carmen Canero, just coming out and, yep. you know, blowing the roof off of things. I'm sure there are others that yeah. you're just like, wow. Clay McLeod Chapman, Federico Vincentini, Manuel Ferreira. I mean, the list just goes oh, on Oh, Manuel Ferreira. Oh, yeah, right? Like, we've um, only seen, what, three issues? Three issues of, him so far. Right? Yeah. Man. It, it's great. And, you know, that's something that... We, as editors at Marvel, pride ourselves on is Marvel's always had the history of of discovering and building up and introducing the world to these amazing artists, be it, you know, through the books themselves or through some of the programs we have that help promote the artists and the writers or through new talent initiatives, which reminds me that, you know, one of the books I think that got overlooked this year that was a real, real gem was uh, War of the Realms War Scrolls, which was an anthology book. And there were three issues in every issue of that, all by newer creative teams, be they writer and artist, that all told these easy, done-in-one stories about their favorite Marvel heroes in terms of our, our favorite Marvel heroes. And if you were looking for new talent or you're looking for new artists, you know, where am I going to f- find the next hot artist or hot writer? That was a book that I think a lot of people might may have missed might be want to go back and pick up the trade on. Agreed. Yeah, there's some really fun stuff in there. So this is 
kind of been a little bit of a recap of 2019, but I want to talk about the decade of the 2010s. It's been crazy. You know, I've had have had quite a ride over these last 20 years <laughs> of my association with Marvel. And I really think that not just my time at Marvel or these last two years at Marvel, but the industry in general is just being redefined by talent. If there was one word that I think encompassed, you know, both decades, it was talent. And in in one sense, it's it's talent recruitment. It's finding all these new writers and artists, these new voices that are contributing to comics. But it's also seeing them grow and mature into these amazing creators who are telling some of the best stories in any medium, not just comics, out there now. Yeah, credit to you for really launching the talent search initiatives that we've had and for Ricky Purden for for keeping it going. We take great pride in everything that we've done up here. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you've done so much for talent, you know, at Marvel or in the industry. And I always remind people that, no, you know what? The talent's there. We just open the door. It's up to them to walk through it and stay in. And so many of them have. It's it's just so wonderful to see. And it's been interesting over the last 20 years to watch how the talent has changed. Because thanks to the manga boom late in the, the 1990s, early in the, the aughts, and then, you know, the rise of the Internet, we have so many new voices, so many female voices uh, who are coming in as writers and artists now to contribute to Marvel and so many other international writers and artists who we're finding around the globe. Real quick, favorite manga off the top of your head if you had to choose? Slam Dunk. Yeah. Slam Dunk? Is that what it's called? I've never read it. No, you never read Slam Dunk. Basketball? Slam Dunk's basketball. It's amazing. Okay. But it's like I, I like to use that as an example, too, about... What, what some people say, oh, but Marvel's just superheroes. I'm like, not. They're real people who go and put on costumes. Like, oh, that's really not true. And I said, go and read Slam Dunk, which is about high school kids. But they're normal high school kids. But when they get out on the basketball court, they put on costumes. They take on these different personalities. It's just there's, the, the, the similarities are so close in a lot of those books. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, people say, oh, yeah, I can kind of see the similarities. Yeah, so. That's cool. Uh, all right. So looking at the decade, I – I had to stop myself as I was putting this list together because there's just so yeah. much great stuff. And some of my favorites, and you you know, feel free to, to chime in where you like, Secret Wars. And that is so all-encompassing, Secret Wars, with yep. uh, you know, it's Jonathan Hickman and Asad. But that actually has the lead-in by from Avengers and New Avengers that Jonathan did with some amazing artists. Yeah, those such good books. Yeah. I remember... I, I think you you were most likely there. I remember one of our creative retreats in the last office in the Hulk conference room where watching Jonathan look at one of his small notebooks mm-hmm. and like peer I, I somehow got a look at it and it was like his charts and his like information about just what he was planning to do with Avengers and he had it plotted out so perfectly. And He's got a similar notebook for X-Men now, Yep, I would <laughs> which I've, I've had a little bit of a peek into, nice. and it blew my mind. So, uh-huh. you know, I know what's coming and what he has planned, but it always – the best laid plans, yep. they always veer and change. Yeah. You know, we've had stuff planned from the, the beginning with this X-Men stuff, which has really taken a turn now as some of the new creators come in and offer new voices because Jonathan, uh, you know, being the genius that he is – and being the kind of mastermind behind all this is one of the most generous creators in terms of sharing and being accepting other people's ideas. And you know what? If it works, it works. If it's a better story, it's a better story. There's no ego behind him or that whole team of X-Men editors and writers now. And I think that's where you're seeing a lot of the strength in the, the, the unity and the community that they formed amongst themselves. Yeah. I think the other great thing about Jonathan and then when you have your creative retreats and the people in the room – there's a little bit of a competition. Like everybody in a good, healthy way is like, oh, yeah, that sounds really great. I'm going to do better. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. And they're always trying to one-up each other. So, you know, you can feel it. You want to write a story 
that is side by side with something that Jason is doing or something that Jonathan's doing or something that Mark Wade is bringing to the table and they're doing it. Yeah, it's you know, really and it, it's interesting that you mention that because, you know, there have been periods at Marvel over the last 20 years where there have been tension between creators. Like a lot of people didn't want to share. There were different personalities that might not have always meshed and people would come in their dreams and said, sorry, can't change anything. Story's written. Here's exactly what's going to be. But now I just feel like there's this vibe in the room where it's like, bring it. Tell me how to make my story better and I'll tell you how I think offer suggestions how maybe you could make yours better. And there's this 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 kind of, you know, sharing kind of feeling in that room that I haven't seen in our creative community in, in quite a while, actually. It's it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, and we've had plenty more great Marvel stories. Fantastic Four and FF by John Hickman as well. Yep. Friggin' guy keeps popping up. Uh, Thor, God of Thunder, and then on. Yep. So, you know, I remember, you know, 2012 and then into 2019. That's such a huge chunk of time yeah. uh, I think it's going to be widely remembered as one of the greatest runs we've ever done as a, a publishing company yeah and you know it, it's also interesting to see when you look back at this line of what we've created over the last 15 20 years of what has also gone on to become the content for so many of the basis of some of those amazing Marvel movies the cinematic universe what's been used in the games what's really transferred over into animation and some of the television shows and it's like it's the turnaround has become so quick it's <laughs> yeah. like wow I felt we just like we just published that <laughs> and now it's up on the big screen yeah it's, which is great yeah yeah you know talking about that Ms. Marvel it, yeah Ms. Marvel or and Miles you know great characters have great stories within the last seven eight years or whatever it is it's it's wild to think about it Yep. It's such short term. And it, Kamala's going to have a great year next year with the video with the Avengers video game coming. I just remember I was in San Diego with, uh, you know, Sana Aminat, who was the editor on the book, a co-creator with uh, G. Willow Wilson, who was also there. And they got to see Ms. Marvel in action for the first time at the show in the video game. And the tears that they all came to their eyes, just like, oh, my God, she's alive and breathing on this big screen. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty incredible. Silver Surfer, great run by Dan Slott and, yeah, and Mike and Laura. Oh. Yeah. Just tremendous. Still breaks my heart when I think about it. Uh, Moon Knight, another title that you know we're going to see Moon Knight on Disney Plus at some point. Thinking about the, just the possibilities because there's been so many different Moon Knight stories, yeah. and even in the last decade, we've had some great stuff. Like my brain has a sweet spot for the Warren Ellis Declan Shalvey. Yeah. Just so cool and weird. Yeah, just think about the difference in Moon Knight just in that short period of time from what Charlie Houston and Dave Finch did on that, like, really redefining run mm -hmm. to how Warren took it and built on it and completely changed it as well yeah. to what we to, to that Moon Knight. Yeah. All new Wolverine. You know, I have a, I love everything that Tom Taylor and mm -hmm. Juan Cabal did and establishing those characters. I haven't seen Gabby mm -hmm. in a while. I don't know what's going on. You'll uh, see her soon. Yes, you're more than welcome. I recently saw her pop up on a cover, not Excellent. to spoil anything. Okay, very she, good. She will the... be, she'll be back in the fans' hearts and eyes very soon. Excellent. Uh, you know, Al Ewing is another one of those voices that's really shot up over the last you know two years. And it blows my mind to think about that Immortal Hulk has only been around for about a year and a half or so, a little over. And, you know, Al is now running roughshod. He's got yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy coming out. But I loved Ultimate Squared. That series was oh, so, yeah. and, you know, had travel foreman art, and it was so heady and strange and fun, and the first firmament and the cosmic side of Marvel. He just gets it. Yeah, and there was, there was another series that Al did called Secret Warps, where it kind of mashed the Marvel characters together. And if you go back and read those, he wrote each of those books in the voice of the creators from the time period that created them. And it was just like, he's a madman in the best sense of the word. Yeah, totally. As digging through all our the years, you know, I started to go back 
Wolverine and the X-Men, Jason Aaron mm-hmm. doing stuff. And then you start to think about Avengers versus X-Men was, was this decade. Too, yeah. and it feels like it was so long ago. Um, Jerry Duggan, Brian Posehn on Deadpool, one of my favorite runs. Long, long run for yeah. Jerry and Mike Hawthorne. And yeah. all those guys really brought their voice to that character and gave Deadpool, you know, so many stories that are just going to live on forever. Yeah. Uncanny X-Force, Rick Remender, and then there's the, like some of Phil Noto's best art. Yep. Uh, and and that's I, – I can't even say best. It's just like that guy has never been bad. Nope. Phil has never put something that isn't a thousand percent and full of heart and, and beauty. But there are some pages I like can close my eyes and see heartbreak. Yeah. Phil especially really, really – crushed with and you know to close out this year to close out the decade phil's been finishing the the star wars run for us and the way that he brings those characters to life you know whether it's marvel characters or star wars characters the energy and the emotion and just the way that he tells the story is just absolutely incredible yeah unbeatable squirrel girl had you know an incredible 58 issue run yeah i think really one of the tightest most fun series that we've put out. Ryan North, just everything he brought to that series with Eric Henderson and the cast of um, artists that came in to work with with them on the book, even down to the, the little comments in the borders that I think a lot of people didn't notice at first. That yeah. People started going back and reading yeah. to, to get more to the story. Yeah. Uh, we had great Weird World stories. Uh, a lot of Mike Del Mundo art uh, really sang on those. And you know, then he rises to be a young gun. And yep. he's just, man, that guy has got such a unique voice for as an artist for interior storytelling but also i don't think there's another artist who was operating as better as a cover artist over the extended period of time every concept that he brought to the books that he worked on were just ingenious people looking at him and think about it go, i don't get oh my god that's incredible where did he come up with that idea and mike is he's an artist artist but he puts more thought into conceptualizing on uh, telling a story in single imagery than any other artist i know yeah agreed uh amazing spider-man Dan Slott and a, a billion and a half collaborators, but yeah. what a what a run! And Dan now doing Fantastic Four, but I couldn't even pinpoint a specific Spidey run from Dan's whole oeuvre, to pinpoint. You know, of course, there's the final issues, the final issue of the series, him and yeah, well, just the, the, so many different characters that he brought back, so many new characters that he reintroduced, so many concepts that he took and twisted, like, you know, the Red Goblin. Yeah. I mean, really, really brilliant stuff. Yeah. We talked about some Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue, mm-hmm. and then uh, Margie Stoll. It's <laughs> just to think that that, you know, Carol Danvers has had this renaissance over the last seven years. Yeah, it was her 50-year anniversary, but the traction that she's gotten over the last five to seven has just been unheard of. The voice that all the different writers, we mentioned Kelly Thompson earlier, Kelly Sue DeConnick, and Margie Stoll have brought to her, not to mention, you know, the contributions of, well, especially Jamie McKelvey in that iconic costume that got redesigned that got used in the film, to the other co-collaborators that they've worked with, just really have all started putting their, their stamp on that character. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil, great runs. You had you know Wade and Samney. You have Chip right now. You have Charles Soule. You have Phil Noto having some great issues in there. I mean, that it's a character who just there's blocks of wow, wow, wow throughout his entire run. Yeah, we always talked about too. If you look back, it was Daredevil has that pattern of every writer and artist that's on the previous arc leaves Daredevil in the worst possible spot <laughs> so the next writer has to pick up on the character and how am I going to get him out of this jam yep. from, you know, 
Kevin Smith uh, from and Joe to Kevin Smith and Dave Mack to Bendis and Malieve to Brubaker and Lark and and it continued. And yeah. I remember when we when Charles was going to do the handoff to Chip, he said, "All right, I'm going to do the same thing again." <laughs> so the pattern continues. That's and, so good. You know, it, it's real. That's the fun that those creators have as well, yeah. and it shows the respect that they have for their the previous collaborators and for the history of the character. Yeah, and it's love for Daredevil even when they just. Beat the crap out of him. Uh, Hawkeye, you know, Fraction, and uh, Matt Fraction, David Aha. Yep. That was within this last decade. Uh, and then, you know, you also have the rise of Kate Bishop, Kelly Thompson doing some really fun stuff. Hawkeye. Hawkeyes. Yeah, I didn't know I would love Hawkeyes as much as I have in these, you know, these last couple of years. And let's not forget Pizza Dog. Yes, I love Lucky. You know, we've seen some concept stuff pop up on the internet for the Marvel Studios Hawkeye series. Lucky has been in some of those shots, is all I know. What else? Uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man was a fan favorite and one of my favorites. And, you know, Nick Spencer been doing incredible stuff, whether it was Secret Empire or his Captain America's series, Captain's America. Captain's America, exactly. Uh, And now into Amazing Spider-Man. Nick had really big shoes to fill when he took over for Dan, a very unenviable position to be in. But he really stepped up and is... You know, living up to what Dan did and making that book really his own with Ryan Otley in the start, now with Pat Gleason doing some fantastic work on the on the title. And uh, that's really one to watch for 2020 for people, too. Ooh, I like that. Uh, you know, the Ultimate Universe, it sort of, you know, had this crescendo and, and wrapped up as we've seen it before Secret Wars. and But there was still some amazing stuff by Brian Michael Bendis with Miles Morales. You know, Jonathan Hickman had some incredible stories in the Ultimate Universe before it all wrapped up. And we've seen little teases yeah. of some fun stuff with a character named Ultimatum. Ultimatum, exactly. You know, uh, the Ultimates is where I got my start. My first job at Marvel was as an associate editor with Ralph Macchio on the, on the Ultimate books. So, you know, those titles and those characters and those runs are near and dear to my heart. And while the Ultimate Universe might be gone, it is never forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Avengers, Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey, numerous others have done some incredible runs. And I think those Young Avengers books have really spoken to a younger demographic in, in many ways. You know, no pun intended, they're called Young Avengers. But I think that's been a very successful thing. And to see those characters survive and thrive and especially for those of you who are listening there's a particular character coming out of young avengers that is going to have a very interesting 2020 yeah very interesting indeed and it's it's funny i can't help but every time i hear the young avengers i get the theme song from that tv show the oc in my head because you know (laughs) alan Alan heinberg was the one who we went out on this i was a fan of the show we went out he had me on the set my name was in the show at one point too and then, you know, when he came on to, to write The Young Avengers, I'm always like, da-na-na-na, I don't think I can do it for, for legal <laughs> yeah, reasons. Have the but, that. but I But whenever, uh, you know, I hear The Young Avengers, think so much fondly of, of, you know, Alan coming on board, graciously agreeing to write it, coming up with those great concepts for those great characters, and then what Jimmy Chung did in, in taking what Alan wrote and bringing his words to life visually is just, you know, one of the highlights, I think, of, of the past 20 years. Yeah, oh, so good. Uh, hopefully we'll see more, and, and again... We said, tease a little bit. Yep. Read your uh, read your Marvel comics by the end of the year. It's going to be some fun stuff. Young Avengers is going to have a big 2020 indeed. Nice. Black Panther has had a big decade for us, not just with Marvel Studios and the incredible film, but with Ta-Nehisi Coates, his work on the book and bringing that character back into this like powerhouse, long-form story. It's 
it's been incredible to watch. Yeah, to have a writer of, of his caliber come in and really want to redefine the character was something special for us. And it's just amazing to see how that uh, story is playing out. And now with with Tanahasi also on Captain America telling a similar long form story, it's just a, a joy to read month in and month out. Yeah, you know, it just Black Panther is a great example too for us at Marvel, looking at the growth of the company over this time period, of how no stone is left unturned and a good idea can come from anywhere. Now we've really become this symbiotic relationship where a lot of the ideas for the movies and stuff come from the comics or the storylines where those amazing screenwriters and filmmakers and Kevin Feige and his team take them and transfer them into film. But they take things and sometimes, you know, I say this with no ego, do it better. And we see things that we love that they've created in the films and are happy to bring them back. And, you know, Shuri being one, and Killmonger being another, which has turned into a, a fantastic miniseries for us. Oh, uh, one of my favorite of all time. Yeah. All time. It's really? Just, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think a lot of it is Brian Hill, absolute pinpoint perfect on it. But Juan Ferreira, it is looking at those pages, it is as perfect as a cinematic storytelling, you know, can be presented on a comic book page. We brought Marvel Comics Presents back in, uh, this year, past year too, which was a series of great stories by different creators uh, homaging uh, you know, every decade of Marvel, much like we do on this podcast. Yeah. And uh, Juan did a story with Ben Percy, a short Moon Knight story that was just mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I want to move now, finish up the podcast by looking at 2020. Can I jump in for one second? Of course, There CD. is a title on this list that has been neglected, one that's been very important to Marvel and to me personally. Over the last 10, 10 years especially, which is Runaways. I, you know, I thought I had it on here. Did I not have it on? You know how much I love that Runaways series, CB? Yes. Man. Uh, so, you know, launched by Brian Vaughn and Adrian Alfona, but really where that book has gone and where those characters have gone, especially over the last five years, with Rainbow Rowell taking over the title, with, you know, Chris Anka and uh, now Andres Grolet and how those characters have grown in the time that they've been here and even moved into TV and video games. It's just really, really uh, a testament to, I think, that uh, the, the creators have all put in on that book. Uh, Nick Lowe, the editor, has really put in on that book. And just the appeal of teen heroes in general, which is what I've always loved since I was a kid. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and Chris Anka, incredible artist. Yeah. I think I am most stunned by Andre Janelet yeah. and watching... The masterclass in acting done every single issue in slight facial expressions and body language. And it is a book where there's action, there's adventure, there's romance, there's everything. But if there were just the characters sitting and talking, that would still be one of the most exhilarating and exciting comics that we put out every time. And, you know, huge kudos have to go out to the brilliant colorist Matt Wilson, who month after month comes in and really ties a lot of that together, really, you know, forms the the creative team of any project he's on, not just Runaways. You know, what he brought to War of the Realms was incredible as well. He really works with every artist to bring out the best, but to keep a consistency in the characters and in the storytelling, you know, through the mood and through the lighting and through the tones and hues that he picks. So, uh, you know, a lot of people tend to overlook colorists, which is never done because they're just as big a part of the creative team as anyone else whose name is on that book. For sure. If there's anything else I missed, you feel free to yell at me again and we'll, we'll add it in. But I want to talk about 2020, what's coming up, because we just released a very special title called Incoming, which is in and of itself almost uh, like a little bit of a taste of wide swath of 2020 titles. But what would you like to tell someone who may not have yet checked out Incoming? 
You know, Incoming is a book that was conceived as kind of a love letter to the fans, uh, the fans who have supported us over the, this past year and to get them their tongues wagging on what's coming up in 2020. We took all the great characters done by all the great creators uh, and asked them to come back and tell one short story in this uh, larger overarching murder mystery tale. So, you know, the book starts with, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, mm. but uh, with a Daredevil Electra scene, and it involves the entire Marvel Universe going forward. You'll have, you know, a great story written by Al Ewing regarding the the Masked Raider and the Enclave that he introduced this year. You're going to have Donnie coming in and telling some fun stuff with Venom. You're going to have Jonathan telling a, a quick X-Men tale in there, but they tie together seamlessly, and this just speaks volumes to how tight our creators are and what a close-knit community they've become, that they've worked out this story that makes perfect sets from page one to page 80. It's another massive book, you know, 96 pages in total, 9.99, but it is worth every penny. And not only do you get these amazing stories with the characters you know and love from 2019, it teases up so much of what's going to be going on in 2020. And you were talking about like little teases and hints and love letters to the fans. This book is packed with them and packed with a lot of Easter eggs. So you can't read it just once or twice. You're going to have to read it three or four times to really take everything in because the artists have also hidden little things in the artwork too that are going to give a glimpse of what's coming over the next 12 months. Oh, damn, well, now i got to read it again. Yeah. Damn it, CB. Uh, FF X-Men, which is such a cool idea. Is like, what does Franklin Richards do now that he is, yes, a mutant, but... He's also a member of Marvel's first family. Where yeah. does his allegiance lie? You know, in House of X-1 by Jonathan, uh, Pepe, and Marte Gracia, there was that final cryptic comment that Cyclops made to the Fantastic Four regarding Franklin at the end of the first issue. And people didn't know where that was going to go. And House of X and Powers of Ten ran through, didn't answer that question. But here, finally, you're going to see, just like you said, what Franklin's place in all this is, not just in the Marvel Universe, but in the new, you know, mutination of Krakoa. Yeah. That's fun. Outlawed, which is a big story. Eve Ewing going to be writing about our younger heroes and some uh, stuff that is happening with them that if you've read Incoming, you see some of the threads for that come together. Yeah, there are a lot of stories that we like to tell at Marvel that are rather timely to things that are going on in the world around us. You know, Civil War really captured the zeitgeist at that time, uh, you know, of, of kind of what was going on. And I think Outlawed is something that's really going to speak to people, given, you know, things that are going on in the, the world, not just the states, but, you know, globally in this day and age. And, you know, don't want to give too much away, but... You know, you have to have a license to drive a car at 16. You have to be 21 to drink. You have to be 18 to vote. There's these restrictions that we have in society. But uh, until now, these teen superheroes with powers have been left unchecked. So, you know, a certain senator uh, in the Marvel Universe makes a push to say we should license teen heroes and tries to enact a series of, of rules for that. And the heroes and the teen heroes react in very different ways <laughs> uh, to this legislation. And the consequences uh, for many different of the, the, the youths in the Marvel Universe will be different. Yeah. Even in the pages of Incoming, I was I was like, ooh, I like this because it wasn't going exactly as in the direction I thought it would. Yeah. I was, it was really neat. We're going to get a new Spider-Woman series, yeah, which is cool. Uh, there's a very vocal group on Twitter, on social media. Yep. It's like, is Spider-Woman talked about in there? Is Spider-Woman like, they're like, they will champion whenever anything is. Big Jessica Drew fans. See, it's not only the Carol Corps that we listen to. That's right. You know, it's those Spider-Woman fans. They are very vocal, like you said. They tweet at us all the time. And don't think we're not listening because we are. And we as fans want to give the fans that we know that are out there what they want as well. Yeah. Uh, 2019 was the 25th anniversary of Marvels, and we've we've seen we've got the oh, gorgeous new Marvels epilogue yep. this year. But we've getting Marvels X. We've got a bunch of new titles coming for Marvels. You know, just. 
that piece of work that Alex Ross and Kurt Busiek created stands the test of time. In fact, it's been 25 years is pretty crazy when you think about it. But, you know, that was when we wanted to celebrate the anniversary of that book, you know, Kurt and Alex came in, we sat down, we had all these great chats about what we wanted to do, and they didn't want that to be just a single, the end of the story. So we started creating a lot of new product, a lot of new properties, uh, telling new tales uh, with those characters. So not only will you be getting, you know, Marvel's X, which has been announced that Alex is writing with Jim Kruger and Art by Welby, but, you know, Kurt has a couple new projects lined up. There's another anthology split in the Marvels kind of timeline uh, coming up by an amazing cast of creators that is really going to blow people's mind. Some people that have never worked at Marvel before coming on to contribute Ooh. to this. Alex has uh, really, you know, called in uh, his Rolodex and called in a, a number of friends to help contribute. And the, the pages are just mind blowing. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming up for that that whole Marvels brand in 2020. Yeah. I'm very excited for all that. Uh, we've got new creative teams for Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which is great. And the, those books look really fun. Yeah, Donny Cates, Nick Klein, and Matt Wilson, uh, again, uh, here on Thor. And, you know, Jason has had that historic run. But, you know, if there's one person who's going to take it and go in a different direction, <laughs> it's Donny Cates. Yep. And, uh, you know, he talked and worked so closely with Jason for a long time now, longer than people probably realize, because Jason always bring his end to his run, and Donnie came in very early in this process, has been working on Thor for quite a while, and, you know, with Jason's blessing, and they teed everything up perfectly, and where Donnie is taking Thor is in places where Jason did not go, and in some just these, you know, big, bombastic, bold Donnie Kate stories. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on the other side, we've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Al Ewing, Juan Cabal, which... I didn't know that I wanted Juan Cabal on Guardians, but I do. Perfect fit, right? Yeah. Like when we were thinking about the casting for that book, Al came up with this great pitch. and don't want to spoil it too, too much. Um, but it's some of the Guardians you know and love, but he's bringing in some, a number of different characters from a number of different other places in the Marvel Universe. And, you know, who's an artist who can come in and bring that detailed look to them and, and, and unify it and give them all life, uh, especially through character acting and facial expressions, because that's so important to, you know, like Peter Quill and Guardian and Groot, you know. And sure enough, Juan Cabal was the guy. You know, you mentioned, you know, Gabby and all-new Wolverine earlier. And, you know, he just was brilliant on that title. So we knew he was the guy to, to take over Guardians. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about House of X, Powers of Ten, Dawn of X, and the next generation of X-Books is coming in 2020, including a new Wolverine title uh, where Benjamin Percy, Adam Kubert, and... Victor Bogdanovich. And Victor Bogdanovich, who... Didn't know the name. I'll be honest. I didn't know his name up until two a month or two ago. Twenty ninety nine. And yep. And I was like, oh boy, oh boy, give it to me right now. Very excited for that. Yeah, you know, Ben has just been doing such an outstanding job on bringing you know the brutality to X Force that uh, is making fans just stand on edge every month. And when he pitched this Wolverine idea, we're just like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yep. don't even have to sell it, you yeah. know. And then uh, Adam Kubert, a legendary Wolverine artist in, in his own right, wanted to come back because it was just such an interesting take on the character for him in this in this new world order for the mutants. And uh, just it is absolutely a gorgeous comic book. Yeah. Uh, we've got Hellions and more, plenty more to talk about as we get closer to all those X launches. Uh, last book I have on my list is Strange Academy, which is I've read the script. I've seen some of the pages. I'm so in. This was a book that uh, it's been about a year and a half now since uh, Scotty brought us the idea, and we knew he had something special there. And we've really been taking our time building it, making sure all the pieces are in place, that we're not rushing anything. And it is much like Runaways or Young Avengers, you know, an entire cast of new, younger characters 
some with ties to the Marvel Universe uh, through their familial lineages or relationships or just backgrounds mixed in with some of the, uh, you know, more magic users from around the Marvel Universe. So you have Doctor Strange and, you know, Doctor Voodoo, Talisman, Scarlet Witch, Magic, Wiccan, you know, they're all going to be making appearances as teachers or mentors, but the book really is driven by this amazing cast of new characters that uh, Scotty has created. Yeah. And Umberto Ramos, I mean, my God, he's been working at Marvel for the last 25 years, I think, and... I really think that, you know, he has grown as an artist so, so greatly over that time. He's been one of the defining artists in history for Spider-Man. And now he's flexing his muscles in a different way. And the detail he is putting into these pages is just mind-blowing. Yeah, you can start to see some of that detail in his the pages he does in Incoming. It's almost like a different Umberto. He, like, took off a, a layer and he's, you know, moving into a different realm. And it's so good. Yeah. So it's, good. It's pretty amazing. And the, the, one of the differences, too, is that he is inking himself on this book. Ah. So he's really controlling kind of the separation of foreground and background. He's adding the line weight. He's putting a lot of cross hatching in there. Just the level of detail uh, he's getting out of his own pencil is just quite incredible. Yeah, that's cool. I, I love projects that elevate everybody. Yeah. And you're like, they're like, all right, go step it up. Hardcore for this. And set in a different area of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. You know, we go to New York, we go to Wakanda, we go to Laveria, we have all these fun places. But this is really the first Marvel title that's going to be set in New Orleans. Uh, and what a perfect place for it to be set, given the kind of mystical, magical nature that that city holds over people. Yeah. Mm. Uh, look, that has been a little bit of a look back at the decade, the year, and a look forward into 2020. CB. Uh, while we will not be doing Twim URCs like this in 2020, I hope you won't be a stranger to the show. No. Come back and let's let's talk about some fun stuff soon. Th- thank you for always having me on. You know, I thought this was great. And thank you, the fans who are out there, not just for listening to me here when I'm on with Ryan or for listening to Ryan every week, but also for going into the shop, for picking up the books, for sharing your love of Marvel, for everything you do to support us and these characters that we all love. We could not be more grateful. Yeah. And like CB said, let us know what you think. Whether or not you, you hear back from us, we always, everybody's always listening. And uh, it means a lot. We know you guys are digging it. Thank you, CB. Thank you, fans. I'm Ryan. And I'm CB. And this is Marvel. Your universe.